right. Good morning, everyone. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day to our mothers. It's a wonderful day. Hello, all. Um, so good to see your faces. Hey, Vince. Um, can you hear me? Okay, good, good. Happy Mother's Day. Um, I want to say this. If you came hoping that you'd hear a sermon on the virtuous woman, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, yay, because we have lived through those, right? Um, but it's still a good day to be a mom and uh, to be grateful for our mothers who um, still carry us through. Amen. So uh, let's pray. Our God and Father, we bless you so much for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your truth. Our God, our mother, we bless you for your grace, your mercy, your truth. We thank you for the love and the nurturing that you have given our souls that we might live and thrive in this world. We thank you, oh God, for your presence and um, awakening us to our need for you. We look to you this day um, as we worship together, thanking you for this community of faith um, and ask, Lord, that you would continue to knit our hearts together. Um, in Christ's name, amen. All right, I'm going to turn it over to Keith. Good morning, Mosaic family. It's great to be with you again. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, we're going to start today with an oldie but a goodie. Uh, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm standing here at this window looking at this beautiful sunny day. I have a beautiful pink dogwood outside my window and despite the some of the challenges and difficulties uh, that we're all facing um, there is so much to be thankful for to be grateful for so let's just start <clears throat> uh, our morning just rejoicing thanking God for uh, this beautiful day for his goodness his faithfulness his love for us <clears throat> He 
God, we thank you for this glorious day that you've made. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. We thank you for this opportunity to be together virtually. Although apart, we are connected in spirit. We are connected in love. We are connected in commitment to you and to loving those around us. And so we do give you all glory, honor, and praise this day. We ask that your spirit... Uh, would rise up in us, would be moving and present in all of our spaces, that there would be unity through that spirit, unity of love, of faith, of purpose. And God, we pray that you just continue to bless and lead, that your will would be done on this day in your name. Amen. Amen. So this next song might be new to the church. Some of you might know it. But it's a pretty uh, simple song, so hopefully, as I do it a few times, you'll be able to uh, jump in. But just another expression of our joy, the great joy that we have because of our relationship with God, the inpouring, outpouring of love that we receive from God that we're able to share with those around us. It's called Multiplied. Oh, God of mercy, mercy, sweet 
Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you. Um, I forgot to say this. Last week, I said that Keith was preaching this week, and I was wrong. All the numbers just run together on the calendar right now. Um, he's preaching next week, so please be sure to come and uh, hear our brother uh, who has led us in worship now come and lead us uh, in the word. So blessings. Um, let's take a couple of minutes right now to uh, just kind of settle ourselves in before we get to the sermon. Um, I've been preaching a lot about our relationship with the Holy Spirit and this the importance of greeting, of uh, partnering with the Spirit in our lives. And so I want to just kind of practice that right now. I need it. I am so tired that um, I need the spirit to get me through the sermon. And um, you guys can't see it, but my bed is there and it's just calling to me. Um, and I'm trying to ignore that call. So anyway, so if you will, for just a couple of seconds, if you take your hand and just place it on your heart and we'll take a couple of deep breaths. Now in and out again allowing our minds to quiet before God's presence Holy Spirit we greet you in these few moments we thank you that you are our comforter, our guide, that you lead us into truth. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us to uh, hear the words, hear the word of, of God, and that you would teach us collectively and individually the lessons that we uh, need right now, that you would give us a, a rhema word, a right now word that would help fill us Help us overcome and help us uh, persevere, not just make it and survive this time, but persevere and find new ways to love you, to love your people, and to be the body moving and changing the world. Holy Spirit, take full control. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about high school. Almost, well, college, actually. I almost flunked out of college my first semester. Really. I went into my final exams with like three Fs and a D. And um, I have to shake my head at myself when I remember that. It's like, what? How could I let that happen, right? I was lost in disappointment and unrealized or unmet expectations and frustration and fatigue and anger. See, I, um, I thought, I think, I think I shared the story of how hard I worked uh, to graduate high school with honors. Um, I had that experience with the, the vice principal back in my into my freshman, early sophomore year where he said he didn't think I was college material. And so I buckled down and, and on that last day of high school exams, I made it. I had the GPA that would allow me to graduate with honors and the guidance in the office staff surprised me. Uh, you know, the people who graduated in honors had a white robe uh, and uh, they had gotten a robe for me. I hadn't even thought about that. And uh, it was there waiting, pressed and everything. It was so sweet. Um, and, you know, it, it took three years to recover from, from that, from, I, I guess it was my freshman year, from that experience with the vice principal to being able to see myself uh, in a white robe. Um, and I was giving myself a lousy start, you know, uh, that freshman year, but I moved on. I moved on. Uh, so here I found myself 
my freshman year of college, you know, in the same situation. In high school, I stayed up late working on papers. Um, I did extraordinary projects because I just didn't need an A. I needed like a super A, you know. I had, I met with uh, my instructors. I asked questions. Everybody knew my name. And previously, I'd just been the quiet kid. My last name, maiden name is Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. And so I sat in the back of the room. And so I um, worked my little fanny off. Because I could see myself at uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. I wanted to go there so badly. Um, I lived in Norfolk, Virginia. It was in Richmond, Virginia. It was in the middle of a, bit, a busy city. There were museums and theaters and the campus was spread out. And so I'd be in the thick of things and there was the flow of living with all that traffic and noise and parks. And I just thought it was beautiful, which I guess is why I ended up in Boston and then came down here to Philly. Um, it was all that diversity of study and diversity of people. And um, I could envision myself there thriving and I was excited. This was my chance and I was gonna make the most of it. And I was gonna make that stinking vice principal eat dirt, right? My, uh, but I, I, I get disappointed. My parents said, no, they said I couldn't go to VCU. They had vetoed my dream and they actually wanted me to go to uh, Norfolk State and I was appalled. Uh, to me, going to Norfolk State was like, you know, going to high school part two, you know, and like, why would I want to do that? Three fourths of the people I just went to high school with were over at Norfolk State. Nah. So my parents were attempting to put their, their foot down and make me go, but I was like, okay, I won't go to college. I hadn't even applied to Norfolk State. So to spite them and to gain a little bit of freedom, I said, I'll go to Old Dominion University, ODU. You see, Virginia State was the local HBCU, a historic black college. And for them, it was a perfectly good school right there in our area. And why in the world would I need to go anywhere else? And to me, like I said, it was like going to high school part two. Um, and so, and, you know, despite them, instead of going to the black school, I went to the white school. Um, every day I walked on that campus. My first semester, I was mad. I didn't want to be there. I was critical of everything. I was a commuter, so it was hard to find a community. I got down on school. I got down on myself until eventually I barely went to class. It was almost time for grades and I had to wake up. I had a moment that I did wake up. The African-American poet and novelist and activist Langston Hughes asked in a poem, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a surfy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? He later went on and answered his question that this is why this is in this way. A dream deferred is like a dream denied. So that's how I felt. I had hoped for nothing. I had worked so hard and didn't get my dream. Um, I did what was right. I didn't break the rules. I've been well a well-behaved kid. I even thought about tuition and decided instead of trying to go out of school, I keep tuition low by staying in the state. Um, I thought that I had did it all the, the right things. I, I crossed the T's, I dotted the I's, and my heart was sick. I was so hurt. I was left wondering what happened, that this thing, you know, wasn't working out the way I wanted. Let's, uh, let's watch a little film on the road to Emmaus, and we'll come back and talk about that maybe this is how these guys felt as they were walking. Andrew.
communications are these that you have one to another? As you walk and us sat. Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known of the things which are come to pass there in these days? What things? Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women, also of our company, made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. When they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even so as the women had said. But him they saw not. O oh, fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. We must return to Jerusalem this very hour. grateful for <clears throat> the um the videos that help us kind of get through the long text of scripture um, and we can see it in action as opposed to just reading it flat on the page so as i said i wonder if those guys on the road before they encountered jesus if they were feeling that hurt that disappointment uh, if they were disillusioned now, when we get to Luke 14, the 24th chapter, verse 14, um, it says that they were talking with each other about everything that happened. They were rehearsing it and going over it and over it. And then Jesus came, uh, the, how Jesus came into town on that Palm Sunday and everybody cheered, uh, how they put down palm, palm branches and even their cloaks so he could ride over them. How he ran the folks who were making money in the temple out. They were rehearsing all of these things. He answered every challenge from the chief priests and the leaders. He performed miracles. They were like, you know, it could have been like, remember what happened to the tree when he cursed it and it withered from the ground up? He, uh, he taught openly in the synagogue in the, uh, or in the temple and in the streets and around Jerusalem. He had dinner with friends. He celebrated Passover. How in the world 
did we get here? Maybe they said they just knew the people would follow him into an uprising against Rome. They figured he'd be declared their king then. And the same people, though, who praised him at the end of the week were yelling, crucify him. I could hear them telling each other, I thought the time was now for our nation to rise again and that God was going to fulfill his promise. I can't believe this is happening. I shared a story of how deeply I felt disappointed and hurt, so deep that I almost lost the opportunity to study at all. I can imagine how deep their disillusionment was. You know, looking back now at my high school experience, uh, it seems like a small thing, but when you consider it could have changed the entire trajectory of my life if I had not stayed in school, if I had failed school. <sighs> they were at a crossroads in their lives. They believed Jesus so fervently. They believed he had been sent by God to change things for them. This was their chance to realize their dreams and it was over. Their hopes were dashed. Their dream was deferred. And then this guy comes along who doesn't even know what was happening. And this, the scripture says, when they stopped and met the guy, they said they, they stood still with their faces downcast. They were sad. They looked depressed. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load, or does it explode? It's amazing. The first things that burst out of their mouths when they had the opportunity to talk to Jesus, they didn't know it was him, but they said to the man who Jesus was, what Jesus had done, that he'd been crucified. And verse 21 says, but we hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped. We thought he was it. We thought it was our time. We thought it was our day. Now these things were going to happen. What happens to a dream deferred? Maybe the dream just sags like a heavy load. They went on to tell him the women went to the temple, I mean, to the tomb, but didn't see his body. The, the women uh, saw angels who said he lived, but then the men ran out to the tomb, and it was empty, and they didn't see Jesus, and they didn't see an angel. What happens to a dream deferred? Maybe the dream explodes. Unmet expectations can, can take us down. For some of us, they have tried to take us out. It's so important to dream. It's important to imagine positive outcomes, to flip and toss the pieces of life around and imagine the possibilities. It gets exciting. It's wonderful. But we get in trouble sometimes when our dreams have a set script, the way that they have to happen when there's only one outcome we consider and we rehearse that outcome over again and again and again, when we stop flipping the pieces or tossing them into varied configurations, there are times when things are, as, as Langston Hughes said, a dream deferred is a dream denied. But more often, a dream deferred may be a dream whose manifestation comes in an unexpected way, but it comes. Or what feels like a dream denied may be like my story. You see, I think I focused on the wrong things. I called that, going to VCU, my dream. The dream of VCU was a dream of a college education and the doors it would open to me, but I had made it 
tunnel and focus so much on just that institution and getting there. And I didn't make a bunch of other configurations. I didn't consider the other possibilities. But I'm grateful that God got my attention and explained things to me about my future, about my dreams, in dreams, in conversations with people, in just the pressure of we're coming to the end now, wake up, wake up, you can't sleep, walk through this thing, God wouldn't let me rest, God wouldn't let me accept that narrative of my life. So much so, I turned things around. I did not flunk out my first semester. I didn't fail any courses my first semester. I want you to understand this. When I said I had flunked out, I had three Fs and a D. They weren't just like a 69 F and then I made a 70 and I got a D. No, I had like a 48 F and a 50 something F and a 70 something D. So uh, I had a lot of work to do. And the Lord helped me see the dreams of my life before me and to reconfigure how those things would work out. And so instead of making the three Fs, I brought the 48 and the 50 something up and uh, had 68s in those classes. And um, I brought the D to a B. I learned everything for that I ignored <laughs> for the entire semester in about two weeks. <laughs> so it was silly, um, but it was real. And we have those experiences in our lives and we get so disappointed and we think that our dreams are being denied. The two men on the road to Amaris were traveling home despondent. They were lost. They did not understand what had taken place, but Jesus came to them and Jesus explained, he said, from the prophets on, he explained everything that had to happen. How many of us are in that kind of season right now? Our expectations were, were uh, for different things. Uh, from, we, we've gone from, from those different expectations to being stuck working at home. Or we go out to work, but we have to wear these masks. And our thoughts are not for... Uh, the varying configurations of the things we wanted. We're remembering the past and how we used to move. We're remembering as they did what had ha what's happened into, in our lives and how it seemed like the stairs, the steps were being set for us to move forward, to do some amazing things. But things changed. Maybe some listening were about to finish their, their last year of high school or their first year of college. Maybe they were on campus and now they're home. Maybe there was graduations, there were graduations that aren't gonna be held or a prom our kids aren't gonna to go to. How many of us saw ourselves in classrooms or in boardrooms or in courtrooms making presentations and helping to support important decisions or important matters, but things have been delayed. There were jobs we wanted to obtain. States and nations and continents we wanted to explore. There were big weddings we wanted to hold. We wanted to hold new nieces and new nephews and new grandchildren. These were dreams. And for others of us as moms, we've been holding dreams for our kids. We have to keep flipping the pieces and trusting God for the outcomes, even when we're afraid. We have to trust God to help us with the stories, with their stories and the expectations that we have for the journeys of our Addies and our Trays and our Sams and our Ashers and our Abigails and even my Josiah. That even when things are happening, not happening the way we envisioned, we have to hope Hoping God, knowing that God has them, has us, is holding our dreams, our hopes, our expectations, that even when they aren't met in the way we desired, that our dreams 
deferred are simply, are not denials, but that God is able to make something out of them. He's the same God who took the dream of a redeemed world, and though it looked to end in a cross, he was able to make something good out of a cross. God's plans for us always entail hope for today and even brighter hope for tomorrow. God is our mother. And we as mothers ourselves want the best for our children. We give them the best we have to offer on each day. The love we've received from our mothers or the standing moms in our lives, they strengthen us, they empower us, they move us. Like so many of you, I'm grateful for God, our mother's love today. I'm grateful for the strength and the love our mother has given us. I'm grateful for my human mother, that I have her in my life. And that when she and I didn't understand each other, God gave me stand-ins to help me along the way, who mothered me and nurtured me, just as there were stand-ins in your life. And just as, even as your mom, who you celebrate and love, whose memory you hold dear, may no longer be physically here. Those memories take you on. And God brings other women into your life to speak words of hope and direction and help you dream. I'm thankful for that. That I could be mother to my beautiful kids as you are thankful that you can be mother to yours and that my mother finds me beautiful and wonderful and your mother does too. And even if it's not your physical mother who declares that over you, there are women in your life who have and who continue to do that. Today, I celebrate moms with us and I celebrate the mom figures and the moms who've transitioned to glory. And I'm grateful for their legacies because they live on in you. Please keep dreaming for your children, but pretty, pretty please dream for yourselves. Look out in hope of expectation or expectancy. What happens to a dream deferred? Can they live again? The answer is yes. God isn't done. And just because things aren't happening or didn't happen as we expected, it doesn't mean that God has said no. But God will be like he was in Christ to come alongside and walk with us and explain it to us and help us envision and see differently the road that we were on. And that God has been with us all the time. And God's promises are sure. God won't ever leave us. God won't ever for, um, forsake us. So I like to pray for moms. God, I thank you so much that you have been the example for mothering for all of us. That you have nurtured us. I have never felt pressured by you. I have never felt unloved and rejected, Lord. I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, that even when people tried to say things about you rejecting me for whatever reason, Lord, you burned inside of me with truth that I am your beloved. I thank you for that. You nurtured me through um, times when I couldn't see, times when I was completely often being absorbed into myself. You rescued me from me and even from a world, Lord, who says that because of the color of my skin or because of my gender and all the other things out there that people try to discriminate against each other for, Lord, you stood in the gap and you haven't allowed those things to overcome the dreams you've given. So I thank you for the mothering that's taken place through your love and care. And I thank you, Lord, for the mothers who give those same things to their children. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen and encourage them, that you would give all of us new dreams to dream with new hope. I pray for understanding, Father, that you would explain it. I meant mother, that you would explain it to us and help us to understand 
as we are journeying with you through life. I pray for all the moms today who are sick in the hospital. Lord, I pray, I want a blanket prayer and pray that you would heal everybody. And I don't want to neglect that. Father, while they are unable to speak, I pray, Mother, that you would speak for them. And that you would help their children remember them and the sweetness and beauty of their caring and the legacies, the memories that they have. And I pray, God, that you would teach us all the more, all of us, to mother one another, to encourage one another, to support one another, to unify and walk together as family. We bless you and we thank you for this is the day that you have made, this Mother's Day, and we will rejoice in it with you and with our moms. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Brother Keith. Oh, I think I'm early. Here we go. No, I'm here. <laughs> Amen. I want to offer this uh, last song, uh, Church, as a, a meditation on this idea of hope in the midst of uh, challenging times. I want to offer it as, um, as a reminder for us that God does make beautiful things in the midst of chaos, that he can take something as simple as dust and make something absolutely gorgeous uh, as a, an opportunity just for us to have a worshipful response. So um, if you know, please uh, sing along. Um, or if you feel led, uh, it might be a good opportunity just to reflect on those dreams, those things that maybe you feel discouraged about, uh, and just knowing that uh, Jesus is present, and that resurrection power is available to us to resurrect anything, to make a way for, for anything. Amen. All this pain, I wonder if I'll ever find my way. I wonder if my life could really change at all. Oh, this earth could all that is lost ever be found. Could a God
in your mercy and your love and power that you can take something as simple and dirty as dust and create a human being that you can take the chaos of matter and that you can form it into something as beautiful as this earth this galaxy this universe God we pray today that whatever trials we're facing whatever questions and anxieties whatever feelings of hopelessness god we give them to you trusting that you who can take what is destroyed who can take what is dead who can take what is an absolute mess and in your loving hands you can fashion something beautiful something glorious something life-giving we find great hope god in knowing that you have this power but you also have this desire for us in our lives. We thank you so much. We praise your name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brother Keith, Brother Pastor, uh, for sharing with us. And thank you for um, everyone for attending. I want to um, just read this from the uh, book of Jude. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Let's hope and keep ourselves uplifted. Sometimes you have to talk to yourself. I do. I know everybody does it, but sometimes we act like we don't. Everybody talks to themselves. So talk to yourself. Encourage yourself. Cheer yourself up. Make yourself laugh. You know, and people will think you're crazy, but that's all right. You'll be laughing and you'll be happy. Um, a doxology. Oops. Uh, moms, take care of yourselves today. Um, we get to choose some things today on how we want to spend it. We spend it with our kids. But please take out a few hours just for yourselves to relax and however you do it. Um, and to rest knowing that God's got you in your mothering God's got you in your womanhood. God's got you as a person. Um, so I close with unto her, God, who is able to keep us from separating and to present us before her glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forever. May you be blessed today. It's good to see your faces. Thank you. Call your mom. Tell her you love her. Happy Mother's Day, Angel. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to bed. I know you guys see I need it. <laughs> so, bye.
Bye-bye. <laughs>